Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone, and welcome to the Milestone 50th edition of the Rider Rumblings video podcast. Uh, each week we have a we pick some notable Rider jersey numbers to correlate with the edition number. So number 50, a few notables there. Wayne Shaw, Jarrell Freeman. Wayne Shaw belongs in the Canadian Football Hall okay. of Fame. And Murray McCormick will get there eventually. Murray McCormick, my worthy so. constituent, nice to have you with us again. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank it's... you for discarding your Raptors hat. I did. I threw it on the floor there. What a great game. I know. Can my spring is toast. Man, the, Jets, the Jets bowed out in the first round. The Nuggets bowed out in the second round. Like, so glad football. And, and the NHL isn't worth watching. So let's... Um, Here's the football season if there is one. But I'll tell you, I have to admit, I don't watch the NBA during the regular season, ever, never. I don't even watch highlights. I just sort of pick up on the Raptors in the playoffs, and just last night's game was past one of the best games I've ever seen. What a finish, what an ending. What a, and we get another seven more games, hopefully, just like that stuff. It's, it's hard to cheer for the Raptors, I know, but it's just, I remember them coming through here. They were trying to, having a contest of what kind of name they're going to have. And they had all, we, I had to go cover it at a local high school gym, and they talked about raptors and all these dinosaur names, and they it was kind of set up as, anyway. But well, I think two dinosaur names are Murray and Rob. Exactly. Sorry, but I think I remember back then. I know it's kind of off. off we, the raptors did that, and the grizzlies didn't do any. The grizzlies, I don't think the grizzlies ever came over. Like, the does mountains. anybody miss them? No. Like the raptors did a good job of setting themselves up back in the day. With how long ago that was? You know, when, I think it was Glenn Ficula might have something to do with it back then, but. What a fun team to watch now. Yeah. Kawhi Not Leonard. Not as much fun as Denver, but oh well. But Kawhi Leonard is just an unbelievable basketball player. And I, he's the best player in basketball. I know since 2001, and there was a lot of talk about Vince Carter's missed shot, but Kawhi made the shot when he had to. Missed the free throw when he could have. Yeah, amazing. and, and uh, so for that to turn around so quickly. Oh, I can, um, And his three-pointers all day, his shots had been flat and hitting yeah. the front of the rim. And then uh, Joel Embiid gets in the way. He's got to put some arc on it and yeah. bounce, 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 bounce. But it's also, how did Jimmy Butler scoot down the floor so fast? Like, where was the defense on that one? I know yeah. the, the announcers were talking a whole lot about the, the Raptors' defense, but there wasn't a very good defensive play that allowed Jimmy Butler to scoot, to go the whole length of the court to, to get two points to tie it up. So there's that little end. I love basketball. But you you have Greek connections. I do. So you can pronounce the freak's last name. Antetokounmpo. All right, I'm not going there because I'm going to have to go with the freak because I I know I have to admit he's about the only guy I know on another NBA team that I have to admit. I think I got it. Casula's um, going to be mad at you. Antetokounmpo. I think I got it. Nice try. What that uh, running the, back the, for the, the riot? The broadcasters out. Oh, number ten. Yeah. <laughs> her last name is three. Her surname is three characters longer than my wife's. <laughs> surname, which is 16, and uh, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary on Wednesday. Well, congratulations. So that's the wow. milestone for the week. How, what was your wedding like? That must have been so much fun. Murray's still bitter because I did invite him <laughs> to my wedding, and um, but I always <laughs> counter by saying he didn't invite me to his. The fact that we didn't know each other at the time should not be regarded as... <laughs> and you're saying you invited everybody in the newsroom except me. There, there were. It was such a small wedding. Oh, you keep telling me that, but okay, small enough. Okay, maybe I'll get over this late one day. Can I come to your anniversary on Wednesday? Um, you, you're welcome to join us for dinner. You're welcome to welcome to join us for a walk in the park. It's going to be a pretty low key occasion on Wednesday. So twenty years. Twenty though. years. May fifteenth, nineteen ninety nine. We're heading into my thirty eighth. So that's totally wow. smokes. That's a few years of wedding experience. Thirty eight. I uh, I remember the day I was going to propose. Actually, it was April of of nineteen ninety eight. 
and I had everything set. My wife was living in Moose Jaw at the time, working at the Moose Jaw Times Herald, and uh, had everything set to propose to her. And a fax comes over. This tells you how long it's been since we since they proposed. A fax comes over. Rough Riders call a media conference. And it was like 1 or 2 in the afternoon. And they announced that Steve Sarkeesian had signed a new contract. So I was going to propose, but Steve Sarkeesian signing a new contract totally hijacked my day. And I didn't get to propose that day. So I did the following weekend in Saskatoon by the gazebo near the, the uh, uh, Miwasan Trail. Oh, by the that's... bridge, by University Bridge. So... Marion mentioned the other day. She doesn't think I ever proposed to her. I think she might she have proposed pro- to you. Might have been one of us. It might have. Happened. I don't ever remember. It was just kind of we moved here. Murray, I propose that you take out the garbage. I think so. That'd be a good one. Yeah, we moved here in '82ish, and then we got married in late October. Oh wow! Congrats on nearly 38. That's quite the milestone. That's quite the milestone. Yeah. Football. Football. Exactly. Uh, what can we talk? What, a few things to discuss since we last uh, did one of these. Well, um, can I say what they signed? The guy was dreading as a bit of a dyslexic. Solomon Aluminium. 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 We're dealing with all the difficult surnames today. Uh, so just call him Solly. He's Solly, but I can't. But and it's just that name because one of the things happens in one of our uh, word processing units. It always says aluminium spelt wrong. It always, yeah, it always has a little squiggly red line yeah, underneath. And you keep on going, well, and it's because of the M's and the I's and the A's and the N's. You go, is it? Is it? Is it? And you keep looking at it more times than you're going to look at it. Antetokounmpo. 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 Who's that? What? Greek freak. Okay, Greek freak. Anyway, it's, no matter how you pronounce his name, it's still an impactful signing, I think. You I like it the more I think about it. The more it. I think about it. And, and He's going to be a middle linebacker, and I really think that any sort of discussion about Sam Hurl and Cameron Judge is going to be outside guys. Yeah, you you build you, you build the pieces around Solomon Solomon Alamimian. <laughs> Drinks you. Uh, you on don't that. do you don't, you don't do it around Sam Hurl or Cameron yeah. Judge. You those are the those those are the complementary pieces as opposed to the to the to the linchpins of your defense. And I can put this personally; he's a talker too. And the kind of writers need someone to present their side of the story a little bit as players. And it doesn't seem as many. They need a, they need a, a veteran leader who yeah. speaks for the team very well. But Brandon well. Labatt does that very well. Yes. They need more of them. He's on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side, you know, Jovan Johnson was pretty good until he fell out of flavor. Or favor. Flavor? <laughs> flavor. <laughs> fell out of favor. Uh, iced tea uh, is, is the flavor yeah. thing. So he was good. He was a good, but they kind of need someone on the defensive side because uh, Willie Jefferson. Ganey's really uh, good. Ganey and Ed Willie. I'm not saying they didn't have them, but just listening to Solomon talk, you're going, "Holy smokes, this guy's intelligent. He knows how to do with the media." And can he still play? A broken wrist isn't the end of the world. No, I mean, not if it's the legs, you worry. Yeah. What worries me is not so much Solomon Alamimian's age, but the age of the overall roster. And and that could change. You should write a column you, you on look that. At, you look at how the team changed last year right after the preseason and they 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 threw a bunch of veteran receivers overboard. Mm-hmm. So that that demographic can change by the time the regular season begins. But right now, they're faced with the very strong possibility that at least 12 of their starters and maybe as many as 14 or 15 could be past 30. And that's way too many. I don't know. I think that ever worked. What happened? Yeah. How many do they have in 13? 10. 10. Well, and that so, was a pretty good group of 10 back then. Yeah, but they're, they're really pushing it. If you're, if you're asking, in baseball, they talk about when, when a hitter's in a slump, they say, can he play to the back of his baseball card? Can the numbers that he's traditionally recorded uh, be attained this year? But what happened can to, these players play to the back? There aren't any football cards anymore, are there, for the no, CFLs? No. Can they play proverbially to the back of their baseball cards in in? 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 instances. That's a lot to ask. Even if half of them pan out, half of them don't. You're really pushing it age-wise. 
So what are they supposed to do? Just not sign older guys in, Rob? Is that well, they've got Paul Jones. Yeah. Why aren't, when, when they didn't sign Weston Dressler, Jeremy O'Day said that what they wanted to do was find the next Weston Dressler. Mm-hmm. Does that, does that, is that philosophy applicable to other positions? Or do they just keep finding, mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. fantasy football and finding the veterans? And that's, I expected more of a developmental emphasis with Paul Jones here with a, with a new regime. I think, um, but I'm, I'm, and maybe it will evolve that way. I'm, but I don't see it. I don't. I don't, I don't see a, a. I don't see a, a young receiver on the roster who's going to make no, me think. Gee, that's the next. Well, West you never know what. Just well, McInnes and what happened. Linus is going. Linus is going to happen with those two. They're not. I don't see. They're West, not going to light it up, right? They're now. not going to light it up. And Weston Dresser. But was, where's the slot back who's going to rip? Weston Dresser was a pretty special player, and I think we saw that from the rookie camp. The first day he showed up, we knew we knew there was something yeah. different about this young guy that he was going to be. In a different league, and he proved it. Obviously, he proved to be that way. I don't know if you can ever find that. And that's a good point. But I wonder if Paul Jones. I was going through the roster, and there are young guys on there, youngest. Whether you start the starters or the backups, they're kind of like buried, like the list of linebackers, which is like this long. So maybe they are finding, but we just don't know who they are yet. Yeah, and maybe the, maybe they'll they're looking at it and saying, okay, we've got these barometers with the veterans, and if the young guys can come in and approximate or approach the level at which they play. Then we'll 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 go, with, we'll go with the young young guy, but if not, we've got mm-hmm. the insurance policy. So maybe that number of Americans could. I mean, I've, I look at Corey Watson for example. If one of these young Canadians can come oh, in, yeah. there's no point to pay court, paying thirty five year old. Court, no point paying Corey Watson a thirty five year old uh, yeah. a, a veteran salary when you can give that position to Justin McKinnis or Braden Lenius or Mitch Picton or. It's funny anyway. how you brought up all those guys getting released on training camp day, the last day of training camp, and what? How? What? I still think that was kind of the turning point yeah, of the season. It was. It was it, they went on to make the playoffs, and they went on a twelve and six record. But still, what a day to see the names on those. I guys. remember writing this time last year. That receiving court looks loaded. Yeah, and by 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 August, by <laughs> ripping it. Yeah, you know, it, uh, and there's really been no cause to change the the mindset with regard to the receiving core since maybe Kyra and Moore. Develops as a player in yeah. year two, and and uh, KD Cannon. You know, you know, I really think KD Cannon can be something. And if, yeah. if I del- the surname by itself, which well, is easier like, to pronounce than Antetokounmpo or Alamimi, Alamimi yeah. is 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 welcome. Um, Shaq Evans, I don't know. Do you look at the seven hundred eighty-five yards, or do you look at the zero touchdowns? But you look at how they came what twice within two yards of getting a touchdown. And one on. called back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's another one. Like they didn't, they did not get a touchdown from a wide receiver last year in aerial football over eighteen games. How does that happen? I know that's like, just amazing. Uh, Zach Evans had more touchdowns than Shaq Evans. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they had as many touchdowns on defensive returns as they did throwing the football. They haven't thrown a touchdown pass in twenty three quarters. Mm-hmm. So my column today is on where is that player or where are the players who are going to change that i'm i don't see it i don't see it either maybe no. we'll see maybe well you'll see you'll be a training camp be maybe training you'll see camp. it next week i've been learning though that a lot of guys light it up in training camp and you never hear from them again and you just go like they're cut but you know it's are we going to have a training camp do you want to end up go there yet? yeah let's go there yes next, yes next topic. Well, <laughs> i think we will i, I just there's how, too much. how much of it is it going to start sunday the Maybe a day or two is disrupted. In the in the overall equation, a day or two isn't really going to matter that much. Um, there's a preseason game, May 26th. And yep. I think if it gets to the point where a preseason game is endangered, I think the teams then have, and the, the league has a lot more to lose 
than the yeah. players. The players are, play, are paid nominally for a first preseason game, which is especially to the veterans who comprise the majority of the rank and file of the CFLPA. It's an annoyance and an obligation. They're only going to play a quarter maybe anyway. So it'd be very easy for the vet for the CFLPA to throw a preseason game overboard. But what happens to the teams then? Because that's revenue for them, that's yep. sponsorships, that, that's concessions, and that's a real black eye. So I think May 26th might be more of a drop-dead date than even the the beginning of training camp. There's also the issue of, let's say, if they don't report to camp and call, go on strike, there's certain, there's a sort of three or four teams that can go on strike on day, on Sunday, and then the Alberta teams, I think BC, kick up off on the 23rd. So there's a kind of an, an unbalanced striking ability there. And I think in the CFOPA said in the latest media release that it's going to give some teams an unfair advantage. Let's say if the riders are on strike for three days and, this, and they're on the picket line and this site agreement is settled, how do they balance out the training camp that they've yeah. had? Edmonton, let's say, would have had three extra days of practice and the riders won't. So I don't, that's, I mean, and I, that's kind of. But training camp's a waste of time anyway. So, I mean, oh, no, really, it's a good, it, I it eat honestly well up there. is I a waste. I well up there. Hang on. I just, I just want to get to the June 13th regular season opener. All of this is just, everybody looks good. Everything's I wonderful. It, All these happy stories coming into training camp and then come mid-July. Who was that guy that we wrote about? You keep about saying that two? about that. You know, you've never written a story that we ever remembered from training camp. Like it's, there's, been, there's been great stories, but you don't remember them once the game, the season starts, which is what happens in training camp. I think there'll be some. Interesting stories, but it's going to be. I remember in fourteen when they did have, when they didn't when they said they went to camp without a collective bargaining. Every second day we wrote about labor, and there were. I look back to, and there were good. I I think good interesting stories because we had guys who knew what were going on with the riders, like Labatt and Ricky Foley, and yeah, and Ricky Foley was very outspoken. And Darian, Darian was outspoken. Yeah, and so you always had a story to write about labor, so you kind of got away from the grinding monotony, I guess, of the same. You no, know, this guy looks good, this guy looks bad, and whatnot. And you got so. I guess I can hope for that if that happens. But my thinking is too. I think they're going. I kind of think they're going to. They're they're negotiations now. In my experience, I don't have any experience with labor other than my little bit in the CFL and my wife's. Three and you're a union member. And a union. And my, th- union and my wife's been through labor three times, <laughs> which was very very exciting. That turn she came through in the clutch. But only two of them are getting married this year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> One of them on a rider game weekend. Yes, on a rider last rider home game weekend. I wonder if she knows what I do for a living. Go Jets. Do you think she knows what I do for a living? I'm not sure what you do for like you're a podcaster, aren't you? Well, that's right. So where are we going there? Where are we going there? I don't. Th- I think they may. The fact that most negotiations go down to the last minute, I don't think is a worry. I think I'm kind of with the group that saw Randy Ambrosi at the lingerie, no, <laughs> the LFA finals on the weekend, and yeah, and Arash Madani made him. And, and I don't know some, that on on. He's on not 20. on the. I don't know if he's on the negotiating. The commissioners go, when you're this close to a deadline. But are you a negotiator? Has to be there. I think, but he's not. And, is he on negotiating? Seem to be there. Yeah, seem to. Like, I think he should be. It's an optics thing. It's thing. He should be there. And I think Brian Ramsey's there, and Jeff Keeping's there, and those executive members of the CFLP. I assume they're there, unless you and I know both know our papers undergoing negotiations right now. Our union, you and I aren't there. We trust our negotiation committee to get everything in. You know all the P's and Q's. Yeah, but we aren't in charge. Rand, no, Randy, Randy Ambrosi is. I don't think Paul Godfrey's sitting in. Whoever is in charge of post media is sitting in these negotiations. I don't know. I don't no, know. We have, an, we have an editor as part of the. Yeah. As part of the negotiations. So why wouldn't the commissioner be there? Yeah, but I think does he need to be there? I, th- I think I want to raise. He button. should be there today. <laughs> Maybe I, I think they're meeting yesterday. On they're Sunday. supposed to meet Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. So I think that I sort of think rhetoric I th- to begin Wednesday. I still think they met. 
and I still think they're moving ahead, and I still think negotiations go down to the last minute. And somehow, because I still maintain, I don't see a strikeable issue. I really don't. And it's fair play and respect. And and I know that they want to have reasonable compensation for injuries that go on. I was thinking, I was reading about where Trey Mason's was released, and he had a knee injury in the end of the season, and that was in October. So he's got to next October, this October to have coverage. What happens to him after that? And I think that's a really scary part. But do you go on strike for that? I don't know. Do you go on strike? You go on strike for money, I think. And how much support is there going to be for the veterans to say, I'll take less money so this rookie can make more? Because there's only yeah. so much of the pot to go around. And we. And how much is the cap going to in- increase? I mean, last time it was, an, it was a nominal yeah. increase, and it might be a little bit more this time. The, the league will, will find ways to, to plead think poverty. I think what Brett Lowther did last year for the league minimum at 54000 Like everything, he kicked like, and so did Lewis Ward too. He was, I think he was a league minimum guy too. Must have been. So look at the money those guys made for what they accomplished and what they did to those teams and how much money they made them in getting them a home playoff. I think Ottawa had a home playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon Banks got hurt. That's right. Ottawa had a home playoff game as a result. Yeah. Um, so they got a home playoff Corey game. Corey Sheets got like $60,000 each year he played for the Rough Riders. Look what he did. I know. So it's... You got the people but, who blocked some of the people blocking for him made three times as much. And that's the thing in the Canadian Football League is the Canadians make more money than these Americans make. And but then Corey Sheets bought them hamburgers. Shouldn't it have been yeah. the other way around? <laughs> yeah, Corey Sheets. There's certainly the means going the other in the other direction. That's, and it's funny. People always think, of, I want to be an NFL. I want to be a CFL player. I want to do everything. You're not doing it for the money. Uh, some quarterbacks are, and offensive linemen, and maybe you're and top, Solomon top, Alamimian, and you're talking 160,000. I think yeah, that's what Farhan Lalji reported. That's pretty reasonable, don't you think? In the old, in the big picture of things, yeah. right? Riders should have some money to spend too. Yeah, um, they're not paying seven hundred thousand dollars for a quarterback, so no. uh, they spend a lot of money on Micah Johnson, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They've had some, they've assumed some larger contracts, but mm. I. I still think there's some money to be spent there. Yeah. Are they sitting on their wallets or would they be close to the cap right now? So I'm just reading the riders have done something here. What so have they done? They've signed, they've added Terry Iser to coach as Formerly a special of the Rams. As a special teams coach. I so, once played a touch football game in the U of R intramural league and Terry Eisler was the, was the referee. Well, that's Isn't that close. interesting? So he's, you know, so it's, I guess it's saying that Craig Dickinson is going to be still going to be the coordinator, but he's going to have a coach. And I kind of, that kind of makes sense. Kind of, I guess I don't know. We had one. I think they had one extra spot open still. So Terry Eisler yeah. has now been added to the coach as a new special teams coach. So there's the latest news from my phone. And uh, we had something else I was going to bring what else up. Is hop? Hamilton Tiger Cats. Speaking of coaching, June Jones leaves them abruptly. Goes yeah, to this the XFL. XFL. You know, some. I don't think he was ever going to stay. I, I don't know why. I don't know. I think. This XFL, it's an old friend of his as a coach, I think. So there's those ties. It kind of leaves him in the lurch because he was the offensive coordinator. Look at Tommy Condell, though. So he knows what he's That's doing. a really easy flip. I'm surprised that Tommy Condell wasn't already the offensive coordinator. Oh, no, we're going to talk about Crepania and uh, Brett Lowther. Is they, it Crepania? <laughs> Sorry, Crepe- bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I haven't had to say Crepania when you said Crepania. <laughs> Tomato tomorrow. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, I think the Riders had like, let one go. I, well, oh, there's, there's, there's no way you could go on a training camp or tour. And I think they picked the right guy. You could they, they could have done, they could have done it in the days when you had unlimited camp uh, camp rosters. And yeah. you know, remember John Herrera bringing 130 players to training camp. <laughs> then you could have done it. But but when you've got a what is it what is it 75 plus draftees plus yeah, oh juniors yeah. plus whatever. As soon as there's a finite amount of players, 
then you you, there's no point going to camp with two kickers. And really, you know what the outcome's going to be. And you know, yeah, you know, you know it's going to be Brett Lowther's going to win it. I think and nothing against Tyler. I just think that Brett Lowther is more of a proven commodity right now, and you don't take a chance on a guy who's coming off surgery on his hip. You, you know what? Kind of Ten years from now, they're both going to be kicking in the Canadian Football League, and they're both oh, yeah. going to be kicking can, well. Tyler's not done. He'll, he could show up here again. If, and sometimes if Brett struggles a little bit, boom, they don't. They, there's no coaches don't show any sort of qualms about switching kickers. Well, remember Chris Milo? He was a very good kicker in 2013, and, yeah. and subsequently to that, Corey Chamberlain really couldn't wait to to make a change at kicker. Oh, yeah. He struggled in 2014. Hello, Paul McCallum in 2015. Exactly. So uh, it can change. Dave Ridgway uh, had probably his best year ever in 1993, and by the end of 95, Ray Yawk couldn't wait to make a change, yeah. and there was As soon as the coach loses his confidence in your kicker, that's yeah. it's a whole other game. And I'm not saying that Chris Jones lost confidence in these guys. Like Tyler, for whatever he did to his hip, he had surgery and he was back. He made a 51-yard field goal in a preseason game last year and then had him surgery. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, that's amazing that you could make a 51-yard field goal in that, in that, uh, with dealing with that sort of ailment. It tells you how good he is. As a writer, I just cheer for the story. And I think we need more chapters of this Brett Lowther story. I think it's just the fact that he kicked around for so long and so patient and came out and did so well. Missed his first attempt as a pro. Yeah. And then didn't it's missed five after that, I guess, probably because it was 54. Yeah, 54 for six. The same thing happened in 1987. The, <laughs> the Riders got Dave Ridgway back from Montreal after the dispersal mm-hmm. draft. And uh, they, they they played their opening game against uh, Calgary and was their kicking was all off. I think Mike McTagg missed a convert. I mean, it was just terrible. So they couldn't wait to get Dave Ridgway back. I think their second game of the year was against BC and Dave Ridgway missed his first field goal. Oh. And after that, he basically could not miss. And yeah. he was a CFL All-Star for... For the, it turns out for the second time in 1987, but he missed his first field goal in 1987, and hmm. so did Brett Lowther in, uh, in uh, 2018. So That's the most ago, pointless bit of trivia I've ever Oh, well, a while ago, we just, I know that they had the Dave Ridgway and uh, Bobby Jerusalem up here for the Great Cup, you know, for the 30th anniversary of that Great Cup, which would be pretty cool. Buy my book. Okay, I will. How's it end? <laughs> <laughs> it was nice talking to them, and it's funny. Because you you have those times you're like was working like I was kind of like the Z squad back then I wasn't really covering the riders I just kind of got thrown out there when they were really short and but they still remember you and they still you know Jerson was like, living around the corner for us and he lived in those condos and it was great talking to them and Vidray so anyway that was a long time ago yeah now we're just you know those little I don't know what they're called but like you used to really get to be able to know the oh yeah to be able to know the players even if know. you weren't like I've never covered the riders as a beat like never. No. 20, 32 years here, I've never had spent one day as the rider beat rider. But I, I, I knew I knew players from the ninety from the teams in the late 80s and early 90s when I didn't even cover football at all, when I was a season ticket holder in Section 204. But yeah. I could say hello to, to Jeff Fairholm and, and Dave Ridgway and, and, uh, and Dan Rastovich and, and, Dan and, and players you know, players like that. I, I knew you knew them. Yeah. And uh, and now, what are those things called on, on Twitter where nobody puts a um, or an egg? The egg. Yeah. I think when the riders look at the media now, it's just like egg, 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 oh, egg, yeah. egg, egg. Like I don't, I don't think there's really no. Unless, unless you ask them questions, they don't like. Then, then, then they, they then, remember then you they pretty remember quickly. quickly. <laughs> but it's it's really it's really changed in the well the podiums. The end of life is yeah. a podium, and I hate that podium. And I, it's it, I'm, somebody lectured me one day and said it's actually not a podium; it's a lectern. Oh. Hannibal Lecter. Okay, it's a lecter. So, um, I, guess it's I try to correct. use lectern, but they everybody says podium. But you're right. There's no. There's no give. There's no connection. Like I would have loved to the other day. Like I, I'd love to take a book of matches to that podium. Well, Jeremy O'Day was Lecker. talking about. <laughs> I knew Jeremy O'Day's experience as being a Dan Clark type guy, an ambassador for the team, driving all over the province, 
things. I remember him telling me stories about getting caught in snowstorms. And he, he, he said the other day about getting, he got in a car accident. He got hit. Wasn't injured. Seriously, not the same thing. And in, in old days, if you'd have an, you'd go into that and you'd get a little more meat to it and you could write something. Or take somebody aside and, and talk, just, oh, just say. Yeah. But now because you're in, in on the lectern, and we're we're watching Sam McGuavin, Sam McGuavin, Solomon, Solomon Aluminium, Aluminium standing there waiting to go on the, to get his turn on the lectern. And Jeremy, as most people are, the football people, they move on. They don't like to look back. Ken Miller was good for that. I don't want to talk about the guy that's gone. I want to talk about the guy who's here. So you couldn't really, I didn't really want it. You couldn't get it expand on a little more because it's not that type of place or that type of atmosphere for that. So there was a good story, I think, in my mind that could have been told that we really didn't get a chance because of the way things are set up now. Whereas in the old days, you could talk to guys at their locker. You could have a look. We get a little bit now because the locker rooms are open, but it's even that. And even that's becoming so predictable. You know, it's the same guys everyone's talking. You're not getting a chance to sit and talk to the guys themselves and get that sort of uh, relationship building that happens unless it goes the other way because sometimes you, the beat guy asks questions they don't want to hear. They don't want to talk about. They don't. They're looking at their checks. They don't want to talk about what happened in the game anymore. They're moving on, but we, we don't let them move on. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's 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 just a different vibe and a different way of doing things. And there's a lot more people covering the team than there used to be. Well, the coverage used to and be that uh, that lent itself to sort of this homogeneous approach to homogeneous. Yeah. Holy smokes! Uh, it's, the, guy, it's the guy who's really smart about milk. Oh, is that what it is? Is it homo- homogeneous or homogenous? I got to look I this up. Now. I think homogenous might be a little bit better word. But I learned the word at high school, but I never learned how to pronounce it. You always kind of stumped me with those. I had a really great thought there that I was going to throw at you. Sorry, well, you, you keep doing that while I, I look up the pronunciation of okay, I'm to, pronunciations I'm, today. I can't make you think of what I was going to say, but I know there used to be more opportunity to talk to people and get those kind of things. And that's just the way the game has gone right now that they don't really. I, th- I think some of them know who we are because we've been around for quite a while, but some of them don't. What's an upside down E mean? Uh, They're trying to tell me how to pronounce this. H O M upside down E. It looks like homogenous. homogenous. Why did I say homogeneous? Anyway, I don't know. It's a big word. I kind of I can't forget. I had a really good statement to make too. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't this go podcast on podcast again. But it was really good. Uh, I guess we can move on to other stuff. So they have a rookie camp here. I was under the impression they weren't having one because I kind of thought they'd blown their rookie days away at the mini camp in Florida. But it was a. Free, it wasn't a mini camp. It was a free agent camp. Yeah. Well. I Whereas guess. Winnipeg had, I think, something that was more. But they're having like a, a, like a camp. So now it's the uh, always things, which is interesting, is a beat guy is trying to figure out who's a rookie and who's a first-year player, which is always one of those things. He's looking at a guy who maybe a fir- could be a guy like uh, Valentino Blake. He's got NFL experience, so he's not a rookie. So he shouldn't be there. So I, th- I think it's more first-year CFL. Or like first people, people who need to require an initiation of the Canadian yeah. Football League. Yeah, and quarterbacks. and quarter- So... I somehow doubt Zach Claris is going to be there. Cody's going to be there, and Watford's a vet, so he won't be there. So that leaves Isaac Harker as the only quarterback in my mind that's going to be there, unless they've signed somebody new. You know, if they, I mean, and you wonder how the collective bargaining negotiations are going to. Well, none of these this. guys are under contracts, unless the and it's because quarterbacks can participate. So uh, why? Right? I know they said they wouldn't do any work up until the eighteenth. Even with the quarterbacks? I thought the quarterbacks were exempted from that. I don't know. Because they need to get their arms limbered up. Well, I would think it would be interesting. And well, who do you want to watch at the rookie camp? <laughs> we know there will be a rookie camp. We can, there will we be a rookie camp. I was just that. working on the list of names. To uh, There's one, I can, and I, I think I want to see Isaac Harker. 
the yeah. quarterbacks are. Oh, yeah, obviously, to you want to see what he can do and you see what he can. Uh, is a guy named Chad Guest? Does that his name? Does that name ring a bell? He's a twenty-year-old Pavlov. That name rings a bell. Yeah, it's, it's kind of. I was just looking up the rookie names when you came into this afternoon, so I can't remember all of them. I can was that up. the defensive lineman who was was, 20. A, was a highly rated junior college player? And well, that's Jeremy Fogg. He's a he was a he was on Last Chance U. His name came up. To, I saw his. I noticed his name from Last Chance U, and he was a Gardner Gardner City College Community College. Was a star. Doesn't seem to have any sort of information on what happened to him after community college, other than he went to straight to the NFL. So he's a, a big guy that would be kind of worth watching. Justin McKinnis. If he's here. By the sounds of it, he's, he's, his mini camp yeah. uh, um, experiences in the NFL weren't fruitful in terms of yeah. landing a contract. So he'd be in. Braden well, Lenius. Braden Lenius. Uh, I was trying to think. Sorry, really kind of set me off here. I really have a list of names on my desk right now. Uh, Vincent Roy, offensive lineman. Does that excite you? Well, he's, he's likely going back to college, though. Yeah, he's going back to college. Christopher know. Judge. Christopher four Judge. Four years out of football. Yeah. See, I don't understand if they can come to rookie camp if they sign, are they CFLPA members? I don't know what happens to that. I guess we'll find out when the CFLPA finds out about those rookie camps. Yeah, and I don't think that there will be any objections to those going on They're, while the, the, the CBA doesn't expire until the end of the week. Yeah. So those will proceed. It'll just be nice to see some fo- some something... Especially the Jets, like I mentioned, the Jets are done, the Nuggets are done. I need a life. Beyond my anniversary on Wednesday, I need something to sustain me. So uh, rookie camp on Thursday will be rejuvenated. Well, the Raptors start on Wednesday, too. I really don't care. You don't care? No. No. I'm, my heart got ripped. I'm cheering for Portland now, actually. Yeah. I really like watching Portland. Damian mm-hmm. Lillard driving to the basket is an amazing thing. C.J. McCollum is just I such a great player. Something no one said. I think we see, need to see more of Drake on the sidelines. <laughs> something <laughs> How much do people? That's maybe someone tell me. How much do people pay to sit right be, in beside the players on the sideline in an NBA game? Like, how much money does that? You know have, what? He probably doesn't have to pay. Well, I he's know. Drake. Like, yeah. do you think the Lakers say to Jack Nicholson, "Okay, Jack, uh, we're invoicing you for this year's, and you get ten percent off if you renew by by." But uh, I was watching. No, the, the, there's the cachet of having Jack Nicholson or Drake. Yeah, at your sidelines. But where Drake side, seats were the other night, I think I was watching Nick Nurse. Like Spike in, Lee probably doesn't pay. Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse walked in front of him all the whole time, and Drake stands up. So I imagine you're paying whatever thousands of dollars for to sit in the front row, and you're paying whatever thousands of dollars to sit in the second row, and this guy keeps standing up in front of you. So how do you see the game? I don't know if they're it's there. still great. I remember a couple of times I've sat at gone to those U of R games and sat in that those special seats right by yeah. right by the court. It's great. Well, I Even like, for a university game, that's such yeah. an ami- There's not a better place to watch a sporting event anywhere than courtside of basketball. Yeah, I know. We, I, we've been very fortunate. Most of the games we sit through, that's where the media sits, is right by courtside. And, and suppose you get center ice seats for a hockey game. Well, well the plays, can, either they're scoring goals at, at oh, yeah. both ends to your flanks. Um, where can you bang on the, the glass? That's the guy <laughs> I want to kill. Or the guy who waves at the TV camera while the while the game's underway no, no, like like stop that that's not as bad as the guy and i'm trying but to the glass bangers. carolina was a, probably the worst glass no columbus was one of the worst glass bangers too and just and i was trying you could see them on tv and no one would stop them yeah. and how would you like to be the person sitting behind the guy in the first row or the <laughs> girl in the first row banging on the glass yeah or standing that? up and banging on the glass like i what are you paying for that seat yeah. and then somebody's all you see is the back of somebody's jersey uh you know it just yeah. doesn't really seem to be a so if, expenditure. if a training camp starts and everything happens and we get through a whole training camp and the regular season starts, what are your thoughts on where the riders are going to be in November? 
Do you want me? Do you want to go there? Certainly not in Calgary. No way. You don't think so? <laughs> um, they're going to need something spectacular from Zach Kalaros. They're going to yeah. need some some a receiving core that that allows Zach Kalaros to be spectacular. I think they've got some elements to their offense that create the the possibility of an improvement because their offensive yeah. line is going to be good, and uh, the running but running game with William Powell is going to I think give them some options That's with true. things like play up play action. But but still, I look at that receiving core and I look at that quarterback and even Zach Kalaros plays well. It's a tall order to ask anyone to play eighteen regular season games and they don't have a they don't have a backup that they yeah. know can go in there. So I'm. I like the team overall. I think their defense is going to be very good again. Their offensive line strong. Their running ba- running game is good. But the number one deficiency coming out of last year was quarterbacking and receivers. And the mm-hmm. number one deficiency going into this season is quarterbacking and receivers. Um, and regardless of everything else you say about the CFL, it's wonderful how the defense. If you don't have a quarterback and you don't have receivers, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. In again, they and they, they proved me wrong last year. But you're not going to get that final step. You're not going to be able to move on if you can't get some going to – maybe maybe Neyman Roosevelt can carry them, but I don't know if he's going to be – Well, you know, I, the thing that keeps – the one thing that keeps nagging at me, and I think it's a counter-argument to what I've been advancing, is what if Zach Kalaros can replicate that game in Calgary? And he never got a chance to go to Calgary again because he got hurt. Yeah. And uh, But he went into Calgary, played his best game as a Rough Rider. Tremendous, tremendous game. Uh, he's unable to play against Winnipeg in the playoff game, and, and that was a disaster. And you mentioned Naaman Roosevelt. Naaman Roosevelt was open for two touchdowns in that yeah. game. And if Zach Kalaros is quarterbacking, say what you want about Zach Kalaros, but he's going to complete at least one of those passes and probably both. Mm-hmm. And the Riders and probably end up winning that game if Zach Kalaros is playing. And then they go to Calgary. And does he get a chance to, to reprise what happened in the regular season yeah. in Calgary? And that opportunity never arose. And... Yeah. But you, you also, so is that is 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 Zach Kalaros that guy, or is he the injury prone quarterback who lost thirty one nothing in Winnipeg? That's like also, and you think we're talking about how the Riders, the other teams are also have Mike BC has Mike Riley, Calgary has Lee, Bo Levi, Edmonton has Trevor Harris, Winnipeg Mike has Matt Nichols. Nichols, and the Riders have Zach. So how would you rank if you rank all those five? Who would be last? Yeah, yeah they're with five without a security blanket. Yes, so you know, even every other every other team has a security blanket too, and they have these great courts. So it's a tough division quarterback wise. The Riders arguably might be in the best shape defensively, but offensively they're going to be chasing everybody. And as it says, when you wrote about Derek Taylor, and he's found all these details about Zach from 2015 and those great numbers, but we still saw what Zach put up last year, and it wasn't other than that one Calgary game. It wasn't the numbers you made you think. You know, but what. What if, what if the pass protect and the pass protection was pretty good by and large last year, especially as the season evolved. But what if he gets good protection? There's a good running game, and what if Naaman Roosevelt can can what what if what if what if what if he can be the thousand yard receiver again? Yeah. Uh, Does a thousand and, yard running back guarantee them a better season? I think it helps. Yeah. yeah. There was nothing about their running game last year that was ex- extraordinary it was until, until, in the CFL. until Marcus Thigpen got in there. But it was second in the CFL. But is that 24. a volume deal? Like their average yeah. per carry was nothing exceptional. I know, but, but I they keep kept looking at pounding that. away because they couldn't throw. I know, but you keep looking. They were second in the CFL with 2,400 rushing yards. Yeah, but what, their average per carry was, as Derek Taylor points. has pointed out repeatedly, the 5.1 yards per carry 
for Trey Mason, I think was second or third worst in the league among regular tailbacks. Now yeah. you've got the kaboom factor that Marcus Thigpen could infuse into the offense, yeah. but I still he, wanted to he see didn't him. carry the ball enough. I'd like to see him as a receiver a little bit, a lot more as a slot back. Yeah. I think he could or, be. Or put him out of the backfield and put him on a linebacker and watch him sizzle, yeah. which is something they didn't try enough last year either. So Yeah. Uh, we, we also, and uh, I don't think as much of an update on John Ryan and a week before training camp, Jeremy O'Day kind of said they've been talking and I think that means they're talking money. And I, John hasn't got, I haven't heard back from John lately, but who knows if he's going to be here or not. They still have a pretty good, that's one of these things, they have a punter that, that serviceable, that can do the job. So why do they need to drop 80 or 100 grand on another punter whenever they got Josh Bartell who can do the job. And I know there's all sorts of other thing reasons for John Ryan, but they have a punter. Why do you need to create that sort of... Okay, can he give them a dimension with their punting game that they don't currently have? Or are they so committed to this system-oriented punting where, where, I mean, it's a very directional-oriented punting game and the numbers mm. don't look good. The no. net is, is, is not good and the gross is gross. gross. <laughs> gross yes. So... Um, but is is that Josh Bartell or is that what they're asking Josh Bartell to do? I would think it's the it's the I latter it's, because if you look at his career average, he's usually forty four, forty five. Last year, the the bottom falls out of the birdcage and it's forty point yeah. nine. This is also the well holder. In, in a year, it's not going to a punter isn't going to decline by four yards in a year. So mm. it has to be what they're asking him to do. And if the, if he's just if it's cog in a wheel. I think the question becomes: Do you need to bring John Ryan here to make him the cog in the wheel? I would love to see John Ryan finish his career in green and white. He deserves it. The city deserves it. There's a lot it. of sentimental reasons, but there's still remember it's a business. And don't ever forget, this is the same business that cut Western Dressler, cut John Chick, all those guys. Cut Bobby Jurison. All these guys. Cut Dave Ridgeway. The two guys you interviewed. I uh, know. And, I miss, Ray Elgar there, by the and I miss Ray Elgar there, too. And Ray's always, Ray was late, so it's always good to chat. Uh, I think we have to cheer for the Raptors. I think no. We're, we're going to go Raptors. No, I'm cheering really for thinks? Portland. I don't want Golden State to win again. For, I know, for Murray McCormick, I'm Rob. <laughs> I know I know it doesn't match the shirt, but tell you, go Raptors. It's fun to watch. We're going to cheer for them. Want me to read this? Sure. Or do you have more football left to talk? I, 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 just make sure you, I'll, I'll write Antetokounmpo on there so you have to try it. All right. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. It helps us grow the podcast. If you'd like to send us a question, oh, I think we had a question. You I can asked email questions Rob, and I got none. You can email Rob at robvanstone at postmedia.com. No. Rob, at rvanstone yes. at postmedia.com, and we'll read it on the show. And As you can see, we've been flooded by questions. And if you have any Raptors questions, please just remember, I only know one or two guys. And no, I don't. I know all the guys. But I, it's fun. It's fun. It's a fun spring when the Raptors are good and maybe a chance to go to the finals. Yeah, cool. Which still drives me nuts because it's not a finals. It's a final. I hate that. Or That's, when people say that we, people refer to the World Hockey Championships. Yes. No, there's just one championship being decided. Well, the, the that's, NBA, a Greg, that's a Greg Drennanism. The NBA from Finals. It's not the final. It's a final, it's and a, it's right. And it's, they yeah. always call them. It's always even a, the league brands it as the finals, but yeah. it's a, it's a final. It's exactly it. So. Anyway, um, and I'm perfect in the other part of my life, so I can put, live in a glass house, so I can make fun of people. Anyway, those who live in glass houses need Windex, exactly, or drapes. So, um, okay. Murray, it's been a pleasure as always. And well, you, somehow we'll figure out next week. I'm at training camp. Regard, I'll be there regardless to be covering the picket line or covering the offensive line or defensive <laughs> line. <laughs> I, think, I think you just talked yourself into a lead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from so, Murray McCormick and the Toronto Raptors, I'm Rob Vanstone. This is a green-oriented podcast, so let's hear it for the Milwaukee Bucks. Ew. And uh, 
Yeah. No. no. Cool bucks. Cool bucks. I'm looking forward to it. Let's put Coke on it. For Murray, I'm Rob. Thanks for being with us. And we'll do this next week with number 51 if we can figure out the logistics. Take care.